847 is 366 and 7. Hello and welcome to A Score to Settle, a podcast about movie and TV music. I'm your host, Brian McVicker. Each episode I focus on music composed for film and television, whether through analyzing a specific score, taking a deep dive into a particular composer's career, or by way of interviews with guests, both those in the industry and also fellow fans. On this episode, I have a very special guest, I am joined by multi-talented composer Ines Rathoff. Ines is originally from Germany and quickly became a well-established and distinct voice in German cinema before relocating to Los Angeles. In recent years, Ines has been cultivating an impressive reputation here in the States, composing music for diverse films such as Guns Akembo and The Sunlit Night. Today, I welcome him to the podcast to talk about his latest feature, Love, Sarah, as directed by Eliza Schroeder, and it is now available on all major streaming platforms. Welcome to the show, Ines. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be on this show. I really enjoy it. Oh, you're so kind. (laughs) You're very kind. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I really appreciate you making the time for this. Um, I'm curious, you have quite a varied background and I do want to hear more about your background. You uh, are originally uh, from Germany um, and I sort yes. of wanted to hear about, about your, your background more. Sure. So I grew up in Berlin, Germany, and um, I started being interested in film music quite early. Um, around 10, I was already um, excited about the music in films and it was something that would keep me excited even after the films. And so uh, this was an early, let's say it's fascination for film scores or film themes, let's say, because at that age, obviously you're interested in film scores that have wonderful melodies or, uh, you know, give you a certain feeling. And um, I had piano lessons at that time already. So this um, started very early that I would try to memorize the themes in films and uh, tried to play them on the piano afterwards, which was kind of a game for me, very playful. And um, a couple years in, for me, a couple years is now three years later. I think when I was 13, I was already so interested in film scores that it was like my hobby. And um, besides my piano lessons, I improvised on the piano. And this was nothing special for me. I felt everybody does that. And um, f- by with these improvisations, I slowly built little compositions. I was uh, basically journaling my emotions sometimes. And this was something I did not immediately connect with becoming a film composer or something. This was just something I was building on the side as a hobby. Everything was very playful, but um, you know, the dream of becoming a film composer became more and more something that I would dream of. It was not like that I had this idea suddenly that um, I wanted right. to be a film composer. It was a very gradual uh, way. And, uh, you know, I grew up at a time where it was already possible that you could um, do music with your computer and MIDI was out and the samples were there. So uh, I was at the same time growing up in Berlin, playing around on the computer with electronic sounds, doing some electronic 
tracks as a teenager, but this was also not connected with film music. This was something separate. And um, these things slowly um, came together when I um, decided I would apply uh, for a scholarship for young composers that my piano teacher had recommended me to apply for. Okay. And so during my high school time, I already had composition classes as part of the scholarship for young composers. Um, I had music theory classes. So there I could really build on the knowledge to, you know, how do you compose, who, how have composers in the past composed, studying classical composers. And so there I already felt like this was something that could be uh, helping me or enabling me to become a film composer. And I, I, I was, I would say I was quite um, driven, but at the same time, very, cautious because if you uh, dream of something that you were fascinated um, by when you were already 10 it feels like a childhood dream and you already think like all your friends changed their mind about what they want to become five times uh, <laughs> over the course and you're still sticking to film music so I became there and in a way I slowed down my thinking about it and I just uh, pursued to learn as much as I could about um, film composing, uh, composing and film scoring and um, when I was um, out of high school, I um, looked at possibilities how I could become a film composer. And um, many, through many beautiful coincidences, I met Jan I.P. Kaczmarek. great composer. He composed yeah. the music for uh, Unfaithful or Finding Neverland. Yeah. And uh, I um, met him. We had a, um, we really connected on our first meeting. And uh, two years later, he asked me if I wanted to be his assistant on projects. And um, so I worked with him over the course of uh, many years as an assistant uh, on Unfaithful or Finding Neverland. And um, that was very, very inspiring for me. And at the same time, even though I was so close to the, uh, you know, being an assistant on these bigger projects, I wanted mm -hmm. to go back and um, study um, more. And so I uh, studied film scoring in Berlin. Um, and at the same time, I wanted to learn as much as I could about film because I felt the film scoring side was really well covered in my studies. But I was interested in learning more about screenwriting. Um, you know, cinematography, how editing, you know, what you look for in editing. So I studied actually um, audiovisual communication too. So I, as you see, because this was an early dream, uh, I built, I tried to, I was just curious and wanted to learn as much as I could to have a broad perspective on the field. I think that's and, fantastic. Yeah. It, yeah. it gives, yeah, because it gives you so much more knowledge of every aspect of the film production before you're into it and you're able to sort of uh you know what role you play but you, you know you're not siloed you're not blind to whatever ever, everything else that happens in the film production absolutely and i um i still enjoy this i think that uh, the most beautiful thing about film music is really it's about film and uh, as much as i love composing i still feel it's part of a bigger thing and yeah. uh, that inspires me to work with uh, inspiring filmmakers and work on stories that I find worth be told or inspiring to see. And uh, so um, this is how I started out.
that word inspire is is in one of my questions because with with this film specifically and i realize i'm kind of jumping right into the into the film but well, with love sarah it it uh i was curious if there was a character or a story point that inspired you the most about the movie because the movie does have seemingly sort of a sad or bittersweet center to it um no pun intended because it is about a bakery um but <laughs> i was curious to know it was there a character you latched onto or just a story element absolutely uh, i the um, let me jump back and tell a little bit about the film and how sure. i got to the film yes so, uh, director eliza schroeder we met many years earlier and wanted to work on a short film and it didn't happen because of scheduling you know timing but we, um, uh, we actually did not stay in touch over the course of the many years, but many years later, she asked me if I was interested in looking at her debut, film, uh, debut feature film. And I was excited to hear from her. And when she first showed me a teaser of three minutes, I saw um, beautiful, tasty pastries, um, dancing, uh, deep felt emotions, um, you know, heartbreaking moments and also an uplifting feeling. And I was immediately drawn to it because I felt like this reminds me so much of, you know, hopeful films I saw in the 90s as a teenager. And uh, in a beautiful way, she reimagined that, um, combining so many complex topics into one film. And uh, I think without giving away too much about the story, um, the story is based on Sarah, who was a pastry chef, and she dies. And she was about to open her own bakery. And uh, her daughter, um, together with um, Sarah's friends, mm -hmm. her mother's friends, um, decide to open up the bakery. And with that, they try to realize uh, her mother's um, original dream. And it, it gives them hope. And it's an adventure. It's, um, it's um, you know, it's, it's about, um, you know, healing. And uh, how do you heal um, after loss? Yeah. So it's very, um, very complex. And at the same time, um, because of the complexity, every emotion um, um, feels still very real. So it doesn't, it sounds like a lot, but actually it goes for an uplifting, life-affirming feeling that I could relate to very much. I felt, I felt that uh, Eliza did an incredible job in um, finding that in every scene. about how to approach the film we we spoke about the different characters we spoke about um the structure of the film which themes are reoccurring how do we support characters and what we figured was everything was rooted in the beginning of the story because again i think i don't give away too much uh, by saying in the beginning we meet sarah for a moment before she dies and that is crucial for the film because everything um, that you experience in the film is based on that event that uh, she dies and we uh, meet all characters so we found the root of all inspiration would be the opening titles which is a couple minutes long 
and uh, it uh, includes all key characters and it is kind of brought to a climax. And I felt finding a theme for Sarah that we somehow never see again, but she's around us all the time because everything that happens is because of her. her. I felt that was the root of the musical um, inspiration or let's say thematical. Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, by that, I could kind of connect all characters, create many different themes, but rooted in one character. Mm -hmm. And that I felt very um, compelling. And it was, uh, uh, we, we took much more time for, the, for finding the right voice for her and for the um, beginning. But it really paid off after uh, afterwards because I mean usually I would not start with scoring the opening titles of a film. Oh. not the first thing that comes to my mind uh, as you introduce um, you know the film to the audience and what to expect and where where the story might lead or sometimes you don't want to say that but it could be. And uh, in, on this film I found it very inspiring to. Um, you know, find a unifying voice for the film and themes that would reoccur, reoccur over the course of the film. And it's a beautiful score. I, I, yeah. It's there's a fragility to it, and and it's a, there's a gentle quality. But I love the instrumentation with uh, the strings, bowed and pizzicato, and and the, these uh, sort of furtive dancing sort of figures in the strings, chimes, bells, harps. It's it's such a lovely light score. I I just found it really winning. And uh, as far as the instrumentation, did you have an idea? okay, this is melodically what I want to do, but like instrumentation, did you hear in your head what you wanted the, 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 the score to sound like? I, uh, I tried to find that out together with uh, Eliza, the director. Okay. Um, it was interesting. Uh, we knew that the film was trying to, you know, go through different genres and still staying truthful to itself. And the music would have to reflect that. And uh, I think it was Eliza at some point uh, mentioning a score of mine where she really liked the strings and it would be so nice to have unifying instrumentation. I said, well, why don't we start with strings and see what we can add over the course of the film. With strings, you're, string players, you're very versatile. And uh, obviously this is a low budget film. So it was the first question was how far can we think in terms of recording musicians and the producers and the director were, were very supportive uh, that we uh, record a string chamber ensemble. And um, we uh, found a great ensemble in Budapest that we could record. And based on that um, knowledge, I could create and compose and know um, who I was writing this for. And then we thought that if we start with one unifying body, let's find different colors in terms of instrumentation that we would add whenever we needed um, something different. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's yeah. That's, there's there's the cue um, where you kind of use a drum kit, I think, at some point. Yes, I mean uh, uh, there is a cue that is called the magic of baking, and uh, it's a little more thrilling. In that cue, um, you hear a drum kit, you hear some electronic guitars, very sparsely injected, but it still gives you a feeling that it's not only strings. There is a drum kit, some electronic bass. There are some bells, there is a flute, um, and all these different colors were there to um, represent different elements of the baking or the experience of baking. Obviously, oh. these are, these, it's, it's, it's about, you know, um, doing, I, I love baking myself and cooking, and I, I find there is a similar beauty to um, cooking, like with composing. The only thing, the, the only difference is probably um, that with cooking, you have to time it while you do it. It's almost probably a little more like improvising, mm -hmm. maybe, um, maybe like jazz, maybe. But uh, the, the the idea is that it's um, it's about timing and you know perfecting different things and the passion about it. And I felt what I want to support with the music would be um, the passion, the excitement, and also a, a certain I would say Zen feeling or like a flow feeling where, you know, you are in a certain flow and you get taken into that world. And the, the, um, the actors um, really did a fantastic job in portraying that. So I wanted to highlight that. And I went with their emotion and not with the picture. And that's why sometimes the music might feel quite big in certain moments, but I felt like I could draw the audience in to the experience and make them feel excited about baking. And that's that sort of brings me to one of my questions is that there is a a dance sequence in the movie that what you wrote the music to what was already choreographed. Is that correct? Yes, that was uh, one of the true gifts of the film. Um, um, in a key scene, uh, the daughter of Sarah um, decides to go back to the dancing studio and dance on her own. And that dance is a free performance of Shannon Terbe, the actress who uh, plays um, her daughter. And um, she goes into the dancing studio on her own, performs, and um, the director, Eliza, she um, said, well, why don't we try to have music on top of it? And I felt like, okay, what do I do? Do I portray her emotions or do I go with the dance? And um, it was, um, was really inspiring to study her dance moves and try to find a, you know, it's almost like the composition is a choreography on top of the choreography, which mm -hmm. means um, the music sometimes dances with her and sometimes it diverts. It's basically um, finding the balance of going with the picture or going with her emotions, but still staying in the flow. So uh, this was truly inspiring for me. I, I think this is something I hope I can build on in the future uh, as I really loved how uh, um, I could compose to dancing instead of the opposite what you see most of the time.
that's fantastic. It's and in in a weird way, it makes me think of like scoring an action or a fight scene. And are you hitting? Are you syncing up with a punch, or are you going with the emotion of the characters who are fighting? You know exactly, exactly. It was a similar experience. Um, I have to say though, and it was not only following with her movement. What I should mention is it's a scene where she is trying to heal um, from the loss of her mother. So it is a powerful moment, the action of dancing and getting your emotions out. And at the same time, uh, inner calmness and accepting the loss. So I felt uh, while I would focus on all these movements and create a, a, a piece of music that would go with her movement, I still wanted to um, um, elevate that moment to a poetic moment where you would feel the healing and the inner reflection. So it's dramatic, but it's also touching and it's also a little a spark of magic, a little bit. For me personally, when I scored it, I felt like I'm adding something and I'm getting excited about the scene. This is what I was looking for. It is speaking what isn't spoken. If, that it is, it is expressing what is unexpressed on film. And so, in that situation, you are expressing what she isn't expressing, you know, outwardly. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's it's such a wonderful um, task or challenge or um, journey to find what you want to highlight, what is in the picture or in uh, in the story, and what might add on another level. It's, it's a beautiful um, balance you find in every scene in a different way and in every movie in a different way. Now, was there any previous film project or non-film project that you think prepared you for this, this movie, for Love, Sarah, or was this sort of a departure for you? interesting it's an interesting question i think um i would immediately say every score that included strings is a was a preparation um as um you know composing for string players and recording them every experience makes you you know learn more about what you can achieve and where you should um find the balance of um you know over scoring something or keeping leaving enough space for the scene so i find um i would say every project where i recorded strings was a preparation interestingly enough um the film that um eliza schroeder really liked was a film from 2005 which is uh, 15 years earlier mm -hmm. uh, called a quiet love uh, from a german director and she had mentioned to me how much she liked my string arrangements there and uh, knowing that she really liked that score i think it influenced me in a certain way you know the the i, I would say that from all the films I've done, the combination of um, uh, drama, uh, a certain life affirming um, message, comedy and fun um, is quite unique in the way uh, Eliza um, realized the film. I would say that the, the film inspired me in a different way uh, as this is the first British film I've scored. 
Oh. And the culture or the people in the film inspire you in a different way. And I would say that the British actors and the British setting definitely moved me in a different direction. interesting you you sort of adopted their mannerisms or their their way of being and and uh in your in your music um yes because i think um every culture has a different pacing on how they speak or how they pre present their emotions and that's a beautiful thing and uh, i find myself channeling their styles i don't know how to express that but it's it's almost like and uh, I like to see myself like a method composer, if you want to say, like a method actor, where you dive into the world. And obviously when I'm in Notting Hill in London in a bakery and I uh, channel the emotions of um, all these people who um, are missing Sarah who died, um, it does something to me. And uh, the, the unique mix of every film moves me into a different direction. And um, that's why I can also say, uh, I would say this score might have elements from other films, but I I, I composed the music for. But it, it's still a unique um, score uh, for me personally. Well, and I I love that you said the word. I was literally going to say method composer because what you uh, described was very much how I have heard one of my favorite composers. I believe he even maybe even described himself like this. But Jerry Goldsmith. Um, he either, I think either he described himself as a method composer or someone else did and it stuck. And it's like, he sort of sublimates his, himself and just sort of becomes a part of the film. Um, and, and it just sort of, you know, becomes engrossing in, in it. And he's not trying to graft on his own imprint on it over top of it. I love Jerry Goldsmith. And, uh, yeah. and you can clearly hear, his, hear it in his music, how, how diverse he is and how conscious about what tone he sets for a film, um, totally. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, one one of my top favorites. And that I, I, it's interesting. So I mean, this is maybe a sidebar, but you had mentioned when you were young and there were film scores that inspired you, and you would try to play the themes on the piano and sort of improvise from that. Are there any examples you remember? I'm just curious uh, of, uh, of what's tough for you. Absolutely. I mean. Uh... Obviously, I have to mention first and foremost, uh, John Williams with Indiana Jones, uh, Star Wars, when you're 10 or 11 years old or 12, uh, this is the music you are excited, excited about. But uh, equally exciting was for me, Ellen Silvestri with Back to the Future. I mm -hmm. mean, these, uh, these uh, scores, but it, you know, it could be, a, you know, Henry Mancini. Uh, the first uh, vinyl I bought was the Pink Panther from Henry Mancini. Oh, nice. Uh, so I, I loved so many scores and I, I would say, of course, when, in my case, I was very excited about uh, melodic scores at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so obviously my, my, you know, you, you expand your horizon, but, uh, this was the starting point. Uh, this is something I'm still very excited about. Um, and, you know, then you build your, you know, based on your curiosity or in my case, I obviously looked into all different composers and uh, there are so many 
countless, which is beautiful, by the way. That absolutely so amazing composers. Well, and in your time with um, Kazmarek, uh, yes. with Jan P. Kazmarek, I was there anything? What were I guess some of the things that you learned from him? Was there anything that surprised you about his process as a, as a film composer or? So, um, you know, uh, when he asked me if I wanted to become his assistant, I was very excited about it. And, you know, attending these um, recording sessions, being uh, involved with the composition process or working on demos um, as an assistant and, you know, being close by uh, was a beautiful experience. But interestingly enough, looking back, the things that um, I, would, I, don't, I wouldn't say stuck with me, but um, stayed with me in a way that... Um, that uh, I'm so thankful for are the, um, you know, the point of view of Jan as an artist and, uh, you know, that you look beyond your composition and enjoy life and also understand that whatever you experience in life, um, you know, is basically part of what you are able to tell. Mm -hmm. So to expand your horizon and um, also have a certain point of view and be, be, um, I would say um, everybody always says, find your own voice. I think um, I would say maybe um, trust yourself or trust in yourself and your, in your own voice uh, or trust to that there is something you can bring and share and it will be beneficial for everybody, maybe, or somebody. Um, and this is something beyond, you know, uh, the technique and the craft of composition or orchestration or obviously, you know, I learned many things. I would hope I would learn how do you record an orchestra in a short amount of time? How do you prepare for that? How do you communicate with them or navigate it? Or uh, what do you look for in, uh, in a scene? Or how do you compose to picture? I mean, there are countless approaches, but learning someone else, learning about someone else's approach and also learning that you're different is a great experience. I, I would say Jan and I share a certain sensibility. Um, I mean, that's what he also said. So we share a certain sensibility in terms of music, but uh, I'm a different generation. Obviously, I'm looking for different musical solutions, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, so there are many layers I'm thankful for, especially having, you know, having worked with him over the course of a longer time and also still being in touch with him um, is a um, gift. There is a beauty in having collaborators and finding the right music for a film is so much more goal-driven and also you have much less time mm -hmm. and um, there is something that enables you to compose much more um, based on a film than if I had a free composition. In my personal case, someone else might feel differently. But I find um, the collaborators, the story and the film highly inspiring um, and uh, almost um, the, the key element to what drives me to compose so much music in a short amount of time.
Um, what do you have coming up next? I'm curious after after Love Sarah. Well, uh, I, I I have a refreshingly different project. It's a drama. It's um, how can I say? It is uh, positive, but not as life affirming as Love Sarah. Mm -hmm. So we are playing with more stylizing the film. I'm working with. Uh, synthesizers drum machines and we're going into a completely different direction it's a very different film oh wow i find this very refreshing to jump between these worlds electronics versus acoustic um do you have preferences i mean is it something where you like to mix in electronics with uh, acoustic instruments is it you know is it just another section of the orchestra for you um I'm curious to know about, about uh, Well, you know, there are scores that are completely electronic from, uh, that I uh, composed. Um, but if they are electronic, they're conscious about having a certain synth feel or a retro feel. I like to bring in musicians on every project and record them because I find there is, um, I mean, I, I'm saying magic again, but there is uh, something so human when you record musicians with microphones and the air goes through the microphones and mm -hmm. uh, the the performance of the musicians is always unique and uh, i really like to record musicians even on projects where everybody will think it's just electronic um unless we are conscious about having it sound electronic electronic um in terms of preference i really like to record musicians that's all i can say at the same time, you know, if I like with Love Sarah, if I've just recorded a um, orchestral score, I'm happy into not being biased and not looking for what I'm interested in, but looking for what's best for the film. And then I'm uh, diving into a project where it might be only electronic. Um, what I want to say, though, is I think, um, you know, trying to sound acoustic and not having musicians record Sometimes some composers, especially we know when the budgets are low, uh, that this is often not possible. But even if you record one musician, it just makes the difference. And yeah. uh, um, I deeply believe in that. So I would say um, I like to mix the worlds too. And uh, I think some of the in interesting concepts of our time are based on mixing electronics and uh, um, musicians. Um, I like yeah. to do it if the project offers it. I, I don't think that I would immediately recommend it unless the project is uh, this way. And there have been projects where I was able to do that and I'm thankful for that. Is there any, I was just thinking of like your your background as far as like, you know, some of those projects that inspired you as, as a kid. Is there any dream project like a canvas that you want to score for um, that you have in the back of your mind, like, you know, a particular movie set on the sea or something in space? I mean, is there any, do you have any of that? Do you keep any of that in your brain of, oh, I would one of these days like to score that kind of picture? I mean, I always loved science fiction as a kid, and I still do. I think science fiction films don't have to be always in space. They can also be on Earth. They can just play in the future or in a, a different uh, reality. Um, whatever is something 
that brings us close to a character we have not experienced in that way is interesting to me. Whenever I can bring in something as a composer um, that makes a character more emotionally accessible is mm -hmm. interesting to me. So I really like psych psychological films. I mentioned sci-fi, uh, but I'm interested in um, stories where we feel close to the character or the experience of the character. And if music can add something to that, then, then I'm excited about it. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm really, uh, a genre is just the starting point. And if you want to make a new experience, you have to think beyond the genre. So. Um, can be any genre. Thank you so much for your time today. I, it, I found it absolutely illuminating and you shared so many great insights into your process and, and, and the film and your score for Love, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, thank you, Ennis. So this concludes my conversation with composer Ennis Ratoff. I'd like to again thank Ennis for graciously taking time to talk with me about his latest project, the delightful score for the feature film Love, Sarah, as directed by Eliza Schroeder. Both the film and its music are now available on the major streaming platforms, and Ennis's music is available for purchase online as well. Of course, I want to thank everyone for listening today. As always, I hope you found the discussion both insightful and entertaining. Music heard in today's episode included excerpts from Love, Sarah, composed by Ennis Ratoff and performed by the Budapest Art Orchestra. There was also an excerpt from composer Jan A.P. Kazmarek's score for the 2000 film Finding Neverland. If you'd like to send any comments or questions, you can email the show at podcast at gmail.com, find the blog at ascoretosettle.blogspot.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash a score to settle and on Twitter at score to settle pod that's score the number two settle pod if you listen to the show by way of iTunes feel free to leave a rating and a review I always appreciate that and of course the podcast is also available to listen to on Spotify thanks again for listening 